Nehemiah Perek Vav. On Nehemiah Perek Vav deals of the personal attacks of the enemies of the Jews on Nehemiah. Uh, so as we mentioned in Perek Dalit, we already dealt with the enemies' opinion towards the Jews, the reaction towards the Jews in general, and them trying to stop the wall. However, the wall is now already built. Um, essentially, as attacking the Jewish people as a nation is something that they can't do now. Uh, they can't sort of defame the name of the Jewish people. They can't go and mount the large-scale attack. But what they can do is target Nehemiah personally. As the leader, as the one who came back from the seat of the government to Israel and all of a sudden uh, took over control and started building the wall, he was obviously the natural target for them, uh, probably someone who they weren't very happy with, uh, someone who represented to them the resurgence of the Jews as a nation and as a people. Uh, and that's exactly the idea they wanted to attack and the ideology they wanted to take down. Pesuk Aleph. And it was when Sanbalat and Tovia and Geshem, the Arab, heard, and the rest of her enemies, that I built the wall and no breach remained in it. Also, until that time, I had not established the doors in the gateways. Uh, so here Nehemiah is setting a setting for when exactly this is happening. Uh, when the, all of a sudden they heard the wall is complete, that the wall is finished, there was no more construction to be done. Uh, and immediately, right away, even before Nehemiah placed the doors in the finishing touches of the wall, uh, right away we'll see what happens. They start sending letters um, and start to attack before even the actual wall uh, is fully completed. He just finished the actual building. He didn't even get the chance to put in the finishing touches, the doors. The Mepharshim give other explanations why Nehemiah mentions the doors in this Pasuk. It's not clear in the Pasuk why they're mentioned. The Mitzudot explain because later in this Pedic, uh, we'll see that they try to draw Nehemiah into the Mikdash to tell him, oh, you need protection. And so the Mitzudot say, if there were walls of the city, if there were doors in the walls of the city and they could lock, then there would be no need to draw Nehemiah into the Mikdash. It wouldn't make sense. That wouldn't be a claim that makes sense. We'll see more in Pasuk Yud exactly what it's referring to. Uh, the Malbim explains that the enemies actually still had hopes of stopping the wall uh, in the sense that it wasn't fully complete yet. There were still the doors left to be put in place. Uh, as I mentioned, I think from the Pasuk, uh, perhaps that the reason why this is mentioned is not because the wall is incomplete. Uh, Nehemiah states that he, that he did finish all the breaches in the wall, but rather to tell us how soon and how ready the enemies of the Jews were to attack. Pasuk Bet. And they sent to me Sambalat and Geshem, saying, Let us go and meet in Kifirim, in the valley, in the plain of Ono, and they thought to do evil to me. Uh, so here, this is the plan, this is the beginning of the plan of the enemies to Nehemiah. They say, Let's go set up a meeting. Uh, to go discuss perhaps partnerships, uh, political talks, whatever it is. Uh, but right away, Nehemiah recognized that based on who was sending them the letter, that this clearly wasn't a friendly meeting. Uh, there was definitely some schemes that they had up their sleeves. So I sent to them messengers saying, A great work I am doing. And they can't come down. Why should the work be stopped when I lay off of it and come down to you?
Uh, so here Nehemiah obviously doesn't indicate that he knows anything is up, doesn't indicate any plans, but rather says, uh, I'm doing a lot of work here. I really just don't have the time to come down and meet you. Uh, it's interesting. Basically, the walls are finished, and yet uh, Nehemiah seems to indicate that there's still a great work being done. Um, and very important work being done. Uh, so I, I think the simplest explanation is that there's obviously much more defenses and uh, infrastructure that needed to build the new shrine, perhaps extending from the walls in addition to the walls or complementary to the walls that Nehemiah was working on. Uh, that the Pesukim don't mention in exact detail what exactly each step was, but clearly the idea is is that building further fortifications and further strengthening the city of Yerushalayim. And they sent to me like this four times, and I returned to them like this. Uh, so basically, these the enemies were continuously sending the same message. It kind of sounds strange that they would keep on sending the same thing, and Nehemiah would keep on responding to the same thing. Perhaps the modern-day equivalent would be uh, an email correspondence where someone is trying to set up a meeting with you uh, that you're not really interested in going to. Perhaps we could relate to that a bit more. Uh, and Sanballat sent to me like this a fifth time with his servant and an open letter in his hand. Uh, so here, the fifth time, the, the enemies realize this, this process isn't working. Uh, they start changing it up a bit. This time it comes with a nar, with an actual servant, with an open letter, a direct message from some balat. Um, and we'll see exactly what this message is and what he plans to do with it. Pasuk vav, ketuv ba'goyim nishma v'gashmo omer, atah v'hayehudim choshvim librod. Aken atah boneh ha'choma, v'atah hove lahem l'melech kadevanim ha'ele. It's said in it, and then amongst the nation it is heard, and Yashmo says, You and the Jews are thinking to rebel, therefore you're building the wall, and you are to become a king for them, things like these. So clearly, right, said, right, we can see the point of the open letter. This is going straight to the Persian king. Uh, and the idea is, is that uh, now the enemies are threatening Nehemiah. If you don't deal with us, we're going straight to the king and going to tell them that you're rebelling against him, and that's the reason why you built the wall. The letter makes it seem like a very public and known thing, but Goyim Nishma, everyone knows, Agashma is perhaps Geshem the Arvi that we mentioned earlier, one of the enemies. Uh, perhaps he had a special stature amongst the king that would lead him, lead him to have credence and therefore uh, was specifically singled out amongst the people who have heard this rumors. And the rumors specify two things, building of the wall and that Nehemiah was claiming to be a king. Obviously, uh, the word king, even if Nehemiah was a governor, the word king has an entirely different connotation and entails a direct rebellion against the Persian monarchy uh, back home. Pasuk Zayin. V'gam nevi'im ha'imadata l'kro'a alecha b'yerushalayim l'mor, melech b'yehuda, v'ata yishama' l'melech k'devarim ha'ele, v'ata l'chabri v'atza yachtav. And also prophets you have set up to call upon you in Yerushalayim, saying there's a king in Yehuda. And now the king will hear things like this. Let us go and take counsel together. Another claim that Sambalat made is that Nehemiah had established prophets or, or Nevi'im, perhaps speakers, uh, to proclaim himself as king throughout Yerushalayim so that all the Jews will know now there's a new king and to go and follow him. Uh, there's two there's two interesting points I'd like to point out here. The first is we don't actually know if this plan would have worked. So Sanbalat is 
you know, obviously threatening to take this to the king. But as we saw in the beginning of the book, Nehemiah was there on the message of the king. He told the king specifically he's going to build the wall. Uh, so it's not entirely clear if the king would have believed this and would have taken action. Perhaps would have said, yes, I'm allowed. I, I know Nehemiah is building the wall. That's what I sent him to do. Uh, so it may just have been an empty threat. We, we can't know for sure what exactly the reaction is. Now, the second at the end of Pasuk Zayin, um, Sambalad offers, let us go and take counsel together. And obviously what this means is that Sambalat was saying, oh, look what I heard, uh, that you want to be king. I heard all these things. Um, here's a letter saying then let's go figure out what to do. I'm on your side. I want to help. Again, it's not very clear if Sambalat was serious when he was saying this, if he really thought Nehemiah would believe that he was on his side and wanted to assist him. Uh, perhaps he said it sort of sarcastically. Uh, and obviously the threat was known to Nehemiah, or perhaps he really did believe that Nehemiah would fall for this, think that Sambalat really and truly wanted to help him out. Uh, either way, it's not so sure. We, we don't know for certain because, we'll, as we'll see in the next Pasuk, Nehemiah obviously identified the threat and the ploy and the trickery of Sambalat very, very quickly. Pasuk and they sent to him saying, These things which you claim have never been, because from your heart you have fabricated them. Nehemiah quickly calls him out right away, very simply, and calls him out, says you made it up. For they all are trying to intimidate us, saying, Let them leave their hands off the work, and it shall not get done. And now you strengthen my hands. The way we translated this pasuk, Nehemiah is saying, you have always tried to scare us from not doing the work so it doesn't get done. Uh, but now through all your antics, you only strengthen my resolve and I'm going to make sure it doesn't get done. Uh, an alternate way of explaining this pasuk, you have strengthened my hand, can also be understood as in a question, and now you're coming to strengthen my hand. Meaning Nehemiah is calling out Sambalan and his trickery um, of trying to go and advise together, saying, yeah, come on, I know this is not really what you're trying to do. Uh, you haven't exactly been my buddy all these years. And I came to the house of Shemayah, the son of Delayah, the son of Mehitavil, who was within, and he said, Let us meet at the temple inside the sanctuary, and we'll close the doors to the sanctuary because they're coming to kill you, and this night they're coming to kill you. Here in Nehemiah, he came to uh, obviously a Jew, someone who he had known, um, who he found at his home, and this person, Shemayah, told him, they're coming to kill you now, we need to go inside the Mikdash, hide and lock the doors in order to protect yourself because they're coming to kill you tonight. Uh, if you remember, we spoke about it earlier in Pasuk Aleph, about with the doors, uh, about a threat that's going to lead people to suggest Nehemiah lock himself inside the Hechal, this is that threat. And as we've seen, Nehemiah is not a very gullible person. He's someone who recognizes political realities very quickly. Uh, so we'll see his response. Pasuk Yudalif, and they said, A man like me will run away, and who, someone like me, would go into the Hechal and live. I will not come. 
Nehemiah's response here is twofold. First is, do you think I'm a coward? Do you think I'm someone who's going to run away from the threat? I'm not scared. I'm not going anywhere. And second, perhaps even stronger, is who? why would I run into the... Do you think someone like me would run into the Echal and, and survive? I'm not coming into the Echal with you. Uh, now, this statement, who like me would enter the Hechal and live, there's many different explanations. We'll go through a few of them. Uh, the first understanding is that Nehemiah was not a Kohen, and therefore by entering the Hechal, he's, pun- he's punishable by death. Interestingly, the Meshech in this pasuk where it states the sorcerer of non-Kohen to enter the Beit HaMikdash, writes that it's only a punishable by death for a non-Kohen to enter the Beit HaMikdash if he's going to perform services. If, however, he's just simply entering without performing services and entering the Hechal, then he's not Hayamitah, or punishable by death. Meshech then therefore reads this pasuk as follows, Would someone like me run into the Hechal just to live? Meaning, would I desecrate the sanctity of Hechal by using it as a refuge place, as somewhere to, to survive out an attack? I would never do something like that. Um, others explain that Nehemiah was actually Okohen. Uh, the reason why, and so therefore the, the reason why he couldn't enter the Beit HaMikdash, according to the read, was because he was Tameh. Um, so therefore he was impure. So someone who's impure, even as a Kohen, is not allowed to enter the Beit HaMikdash. The Rabbag writes that perhaps the reason was is because even a Kohen was not allowed to enter the Hechal uh, without the intention of performing services of the Korbanot or other things that had to be done in the Beit HaMikdash. To simply enter was not allowed even by a Kohen. Pasuk Yudbet. And I recognize that it was not God who had sent him because he spoke prophetically to me and that Tobiah and Sambalat had hired him. Here Nehemiah gives the reason how he knew not to trust Shemayah and he states that because Ki for he spoke prophetically to me. Meaning from the fact that Shemayah was claiming to have Nibuah that God told him to go hide in the Hechal, he knew that he was false. The Shi, Mitzudot, and the Bag, and others explain uh, that what he means by this is that what did Shemaiah tell him to go hide in the Mikdash? Which, as we said, was something that is a sort. Now, even though we know Pikoach Nefesh Tochem someone who's in danger for their life is allowed to commit sins, uh, besides for the three cardinal sins, uh, in the case over here, there's two things that stand out as odd. First of all, um, if it was Hashem's, Hashem's intention to miraculously or prophetically save Nehemiah, it seems odd that Hashem would choose the way to save Nehemiah by doing any sort of the Torah. There's many other ways which he could have informed him and protected Nehemiah. Second, uh, Shemaiah specifically mentioned to meet him in the Hecham, meaning Shemaiah would go as well. While Nehemiah may have been in danger, Shemaiah certainly wasn't, and so there was no rationale for permitting Shemaiah to go in. Uh, so these Mephashim explain that that's why, since Shemaiah spoke prophetically, it didn't make sense that that would be the command of Hashem, and therefore Nehemiah understood uh, that he was hired by Tovia and Sambalat. Ibn Ezra and Reed explained that essentially Ki and Nivuadi is missing a word because of the false prophecy he spoke to him. Essentially, it's not giving a reason. It's not saying, oh, I knew he was false because he spoke prophetically, but rather I recognized it was a false prophecy. Uh, and so essentially the reason or, or the logic behind the Hamiyaz recognizing that it was false is not given this pasuk. Pasuk Ibn 
למען שכור הוא למען ירא ועשה כן וחטאתי ויהיה להם לשם רע למען יחרפוני because he was a hired hand so that I should fear and I should I do so and I should and sin and I would be for them for a bad name so that they would be able to humiliate me here Nehemiah lays out the plan uh, as he recognizes the plan in Sanvalat uh, essentially they hired someone in order so that Nehemiah could choose the wrong action essentially go and hide uh, they'll be able to publicize Nehemiah's actions uh, cause embarrassment and humiliation to Nehemiah and bring about his downfall through the social opinion of the people. Pasuk Yudalit. Zohrah v'hai l'toviyah u'sambalat k'ma'asav v'eleh v'gam l'no'adiyah n'viyah l'yetr n'viyim asher hayu m'yarayim o'ti. Remember, my God, Tobiah and Sanbalat, according to their deeds that they have done each, and also to no'adiyah n'viyah and to the rest of the prophets that were intimidating me. Nehemiah here, as we see, he does several times throughout the book, uh, prays to Hashem to remember the evil that these, that these people did to Sambalat and Tovia. He also mentions Noadiyah, the prophetess, someone who we have not seen, uh, but her amongst the other Nevi'im, obviously false Nevi'im, who were trying to intimidate Nehemiah. We don't know exactly what they were doing to intimidate him, but obviously we could imagine that perhaps they were giving doomsday prophecies or prophecy of the downfall of Nehemiah or something along the line in order to try to intimidate him. And the wall was finished on the 25th day of Elul after 52 days. We have already mentioned the completion of the wall. Perhaps this is saying a further completion of the wall, meaning some further steps in addition were made, uh, perhaps further fortifications and additional strengthening. Or perhaps another explanation of this pasuk is that this is simply summing up the events of the previous several chapters. Uh, essentially, as a synopsis, as after all the correspondence with the enemies, all the things that they had to dealt with, the actual building of the wall, everything was finally finished uh, 52 days later. And it was when all our enemies heard and all the nations that were around us saw they fell greatly in their own eyes, and they knew that from our God this work has been done. Once the wall was completed, and perhaps this is again referring to after the correspondence with Sembalat and the rest of the nations, because as we see, um, their fear fell upon them. They were no longer uh, trying to attack the Khamiyah. They recognized it was divine providence that led to the completion of the wall and uh, finally came to accept the return of uh, Jewish sovereignty in Yudushalayim. Pesuk Yudzayim. Also in those days, the aristocrats of Yehuda would send many letters sent going to Tovia and those from Tovia coming to them. In perhaps a, a statement of irony, Nehemiah states that even when the wall is completed and the threat of Tovia has, has been dealt with, uh, many of the Jews were in correspondence to them, uh, were speaking with Tovia even after all that he did to try to delegitimize the Jews. Nehemiah further elaborates in the next two Pesukim, Pesukim Chayet, Ki Rabbim B'Yehudah B'Alei Shibu'alo Ki Chatan Hu L'Shikhnayah Ben Arach V'Yohohanan Beno Lakach Et Bat Mishulam Ben Berechia For many in Yehudah were principles and an oath to him 
for he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah, the son of Arach, and Yehohanan, his son, took the daughter of Mishalam, the son of Berechiah, as a husband. People had allegiances to him, essentially they were tied up in obligations to him. He was intermarried strongly throughout the community with important people. These were people who he mentioned were building the actual wall, uh, so important leaders of families. And of these people, these were the people intermarrying with Topia um, and connecting with him. Also, his merits they would say before me, and my remarks they would pass along to him. Tovia sent letters to intimidate me. And even further escalating the absurdity of the situation, uh, these people who were interrelated with him, who had allegiance to him, would try to bring up his positive merits to Nehemiah. Uh, he, they would actually pass along the things that Nehemiah said, essentially give over information to Tovia and hand over letters that were meant to intimidate Nehemiah from Tovia. Uh, so we could see over here, really, for Nehemiah, we could imagine how very frustrating that would be for the people he's trying to build and and uh, build them as a, as a nation and as a city. Um, here, their very enemy who's trying to delegitimize them is who they're siding with. They're trying to tell Nehemiah how great this man is uh, and what must surely have been a very frustrating episode for Nehemiah.